nothing brings people together like a community festival. And we are fortunate to have so many all throughout the state, all throughout the year. We'll take a look on this edition of Connected Colorado. Brockman, I'm here at the Harvest Fest in Thornton, where we'll be visiting a fishing derby for kids, a skate park competition, and a salsa competition. All that's coming up, but first up, let's take a look at another fun and unique event in one of our communities. It's the Carnation Festival in Wheat Ridge. Hey, welcome to the Wheat Ridge Carnation Festival. Carnation Festival started in 1969 and it's grown and grown to this location here at Anderson Park. It's a community festival every year that brings 20 to 30,000 people and it's a family festival. We have lots of things for kids, we have vendors selling goods, we have a good food court and this year we have the circus and we have uh, continuous entertainment and fireworks two nights. This year we've added the Zappi Circus to the festival and that has been an incredible draw for our community and is helping put our community on the map and that's what we like. Oh, I think it's terrific for the community because it draws people from all around the area to see what we have here. It's our big event for the whole year. It's when Wheat Ridge shines. It's showcasing our ability to have fun and provide fun, free entertainment and fun for people in the community. We all seem to have a place to congregate, to see our old friends, to see the young families that are starting to move to Wheat Ridge. The festival itself is a huge community gathering. Welcome to the festival. Do you like chili? We have a chili cook-off going over here. We've got 16 entrants that have cooked up their best chili. continue to grow and last year we had about 50 vendors this year we had 70 vendors we want to be sold out every year as far as vendors go and we want them to be profitable for them as well as for the city
every year people come, it's their thing to do on the weekend before school starts, and so you can be with your friends, your neighbors, you can come watch the fireworks together, and it's just a really nice feel to be here in the community with your friends. back at the Harvest Fest in Thornton and joining me now is Andy Jennings. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for being with us. Oh certainly. Thanks for coming out. What is Harvest Fest? Harvest Fest is our fall festival and we start off the day with a pancake breakfast over at the Senior Center and then over here to Grandview Ponds where the kids have the fishing derby and then we move to the main event site at Community Park where it's 30 acres of just fun and entertainment for the whole family. We have a skate park demonstration, we've got a salsa tasting contest, Can't wait for that. we've got a farmer's market, we've got a cultural tent, we have the city tent, we have two stages for entertainment, we've got a variety of vendors from crafters to businesses to service organizations, we've got a food court, a beer garden, a kid zone with lots of inflatable toys and rides for the kids, just fun for the whole family. How long have you guys been doing this? This is our 15th annual uh, Harvest Fest. All right, and so what is the purpose of Harvest Fest? Well, it's just to help celebrate the community and, and bring the community together and just provide a, a good sense of community. And Thornton is really big on that. You guys have yeah. some other great festivals too. Tell me about those. Yeah, we have a variety of special events and festivals. We do an Easter egg scramble. We have concerts in the park series, we do Lions Club relays, we have Paws for a Dip, it's where we allow the dogs to come swim in the pool at the end of the season. Our festivals are Thornton Fest, Fourth of July, Harvest Fest, we have Trunk or Treat, we have Winter Fest, oh my so lots going on. So the community really gets to feel a little bit smaller when you have these types yeah, of yeah. events. So tell us about the fishing derby here. Hey, well, it's held here at Grandview Ponds. Uh, we have two ponds where the kids come in and fish. Kids from the age, I think, of 4 to 12. Okay. So we have different categories set up. Kids get prizes for you know, the largest fish, the smallest fish, the best dressed fisherman. So we got a variety of, of prizes they give them over there. We also have a casting contest for the kids uh -huh. so they can work on their distance and accuracy. What kind of prizes? The prizes are fishing poles, uh, tackle boxes, things of that nature. That's good stuff. Yeah. Alright, so what kind of fish do you have here? What, what can you catch? We have, uh, we stock it with trout for this event, but we also have some bass and some bluegill, perch, and then the crappie. Alright, so. so it's enough for dinner yeah. tonight yeah. if you want to grill something. So what do you use for bait? What's the key? What's the trick? Well, at this facility, there's there's no special regulations, so you can use worms, power bait, lures, whatever you'd like, whatever you feel comfortable and what you know works well for you. All but right. most of the kids probably use worms. Maybe a little luck helps yeah. too, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like an amazing event. You guys are going to have a blast today. The fishing derby looks amazing, and um, so thanks so much for being with us, Andy. Sure, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming out. There is no shortage of fabulous festivals in the Colorado mountains, and in one mountain town in particular. Let's see what's happening in Durango. Nestled in the midst of southwest Colorado's San Juan Mountains in the beautiful Animas River Valley, Durango is a thriving Old West town offering locals and visitors alike up to 200 special events per year. Those events range from one-block downtown street parties to week-long celebrations. While festivals and community events are key to any community's well-being, they also help prop up local economies. Festivals in our downtown fill up our shops and our restaurants and remind everyone of all the great things we have to offer. 
A lot of Durango's festivals and events celebrate the town's great craft brewing industry. Most events also benefit local organizations or nonprofits. For example, the San Juan Brewfest, featuring over 40 breweries from around the nation, is held in Buckley Park in the heart of downtown and benefits the United Way of Southwest Colorado. Buckley also hosts dozens of smaller events each year. The larger events and festivals literally take over the town. Each May, one of my personal favorites, the Taste of Durango, fills downtown streets with 10,000 people sampling local foods, enjoying entertainment, visiting, and all to benefit Durango's Mana Soup Kitchen. In early summer, the week-long Animus River Days celebrates Durango's ties to the Animus River with kayaking competitions, a huge river parade, numerous parties and other events capped off with a community-wide river cleanup. In late summer, the True West Rail Fest attracts hundreds to experience both Durango's western and rail histories. Tens of thousands descend on southwest Colorado over Labor Day weekend for the Four Corners Motorcycle Rally. The rally has activities in Durango, Mancus, and Ignacio, Colorado. Durango's arts community shines year-round, but especially during the Autumn Arts Festival downtown. The mother of all Durango festivals surprisingly doesn't fall in our beautiful summer, but instead during our beautiful winter. Snowdown is considered the largest winter festival of its type in the state of Colorado. The week is full of wacky and zany events, including indoor kayak racing, dodgeball, competitions on the town's Chapman Ski Hill, mass hot air balloon ascensions, and more. It's all topped off with the huge snowdown parade that brings thousands to downtown. There's no doubt Durango is a hopping place. Come check it out. And now to one of my favorite parts of the Harvest Fest, the salsa competition. And joining me now is Jenny Dowdell. Tell me how many salsa entries you have in this competition. This year we have 16 different entries. All right, and how do you judge the winner? Well, we have actually technically six different categories. One is done by all of these wonderful people that you see here at the crowd that came out to try it all. So we have a people's choice. Okay. They sample all 16, and then they go on out, and then we have a ballot box that they go and write down their favorite entry. Okay, so what are some of the categories? We have a judging panel of five different judges, and they will judge on best display, so the contestants actually get to decorate their own tables. And then we have hot, 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 so the one they feel is the absolute hottest. Um, now that's unique, so one that they think is very different from all the other salsas we have out here today. Um, and then judges' favorite. How long have you had the salsa competition? The salsa competition has always been a part of Harvest Fest, so this will be its 15th year. Alright, so you pick up your salsa sample, it has a number on it, and then you guys supply the chips and you start eating. That's right, and we also do provide sour cream. They say it helps cleanse the palate in between different salsas. What is your favorite thing about the salsa competition? I think all these people that just come out year after year and get in line and want to try the different salsas and the different competitors that come out. We have one gentleman here today. This is his seventh year, so that's kind of fun. It all looks, sounds, smells amazing. Jenny, thank you so much for being with us. Um, we're going to go check it out. Can I taste? Let's try. Very fresh. And a little kick right there at the end. I like it. I try to go as fresh as possible when it comes to a lot of fresh tomatoes, jalapenos, um, 
some cilantro, all the good stuff. All right, let's give it a shot. Now, is this a spicy kind of salsa? What makes your salsa unique? Uh, I smoke it. Do you? All the chilies. <laughs> uh, not in a big chili pint, but I mean, I smoke it on smoker. <laughs> you want to have a lot of flavor. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Smoky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, what is your secret ingredient? It's a family secret. A family secret. Okay, can I taste? Sure. All right. Absolutely. Now, are you kind of a spicy, this is spicy like a medium. salsa? Medium. All right, I like medium. Good. I have a few more salsas to taste, so this may be a good time to check in with Lakewood's Cider Days. I'll be here if you guys need me. This is the Cider Days Festival in Lakewood, and I think this is the 32nd year. Saw that in the paper, and we're just here to have fun. Old time tractors and things sitting around. I think they have a they had a tractor pole. They've got old machinery around. They've got uh, historical stuff, which is interesting to look at. We went to the tractor pole and went to some of the shops. I think it's it's fun just going and being outside and shopping. I like shopping. The cider pressing we uh, inherited from people who had done it about six years ago. We like to wash the apples first and, and uh, uh, to satisfy the health department. And then we uh, put them in the grinder on the top of the press there and it grinds the apples up and they say that you get about 60% more cider out of the apples by grinding them up first before you press them. And these old machines are from 1876, so, and we try to take very good care of them, as you can well imagine. It's something that uh, children don't see every day, and it provides cider, which you can't generally buy in the store. It's not homogenized, and I say deputized, and every other dyes. This is straight cider, right from the apple. This is one of my favorite community events. It really is. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of fun. Nice sunny afternoon. It's beautiful. This is the greatest show in Lakewood. This is this is heritage. This shows the kids what it used to be like. All the tractors out there and the, and the sawmill and things you don't see today.
I have 16 of these to taste, you know. You know, nothing says America like a 4th of July celebration, including those iconic fireworks. But what really goes into a fireworks show? Let's find out from Arvada. One of the largest fireworks displays in the state each year happens right here in Arvada. The 4th of July fireworks. The annual show brings plenty of oohs and ahs, and we went behind the scenes to see how it all comes together. This sparkling Arvada tradition is over 30 years old. Arvada's annual 4th of July celebration, of course, the uh, celebration of our country's independence. We have a number of sponsors here. Uh, first, the city of Arvada. We also have the Arvada Festivals Commission. We have Apex Recreation Park District, and we have Cool Radio, our primary sponsors of the event. Um, during the day, there's a ton of activities. One of the best yards you're going to sit on to watch 4th of July. But getting ready for all the fun takes preparation and hard work. Days like today, park staff will, this will be about an 18-hour day for us. It's a long day, too, for the dozen folks from the fireworks company that arrive at 8 a.m. to set up racks that will hold the fireworks shells. John Peacock, the head pyrotech for Rocky Mountain Stonebreaker Fireworks, works in the shell explosions and all that with the beat of the music and the particular songs that are going. It takes uh, about 60 hours to program the computer and download it into the Nighthawk. The Nighthawk fires the system. And then it takes another 90 hours for us to set it all up today. As lead, John selects and delivers the shells. These are all specific shells placed in specific racks for the computer by number. And we're placing the shells in their pod. When we get these out here, we're going to set them like this. Put them with their set name them with up. Their name up because name we're going to come pull some of these shells out of here. Up. This whole show is a thousand shells. 540 are done in a computer, and the uh, others are shot old style. Midday finds the fireworks crew well on its way. You want to drop it in there like that? Cover it. Now bring your wires over like that. So this one can drop okay. and only pull one igniter at a time. So you can undo this or you can let it down by the squib. But you've got it's to hear it. better at this. Yeah, you got to feel it here. Hit the bottom. So you'll hear it and you'll yeah. feel it. There'll be wires just everywhere. That's why you got to watch how you wire them so that you're not wiring over the top of another tube. Because right. if this one launches before that one, it'll yank the wire out of them. We have to run all the cable. This is where it all goes down. The finale is, is really something at the very end. Nothing better than when this thing's over with and you're hearing the crowd just just going nuts and, and real a huge approval for it. It's pretty fun. Classic hits, cool 105. Welcome to our 4th of July fireworks show. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Happy birthday, America.
the 4th of July to some great winter festivals, and there are many. The city of Golden kicks off its holidays with an annual candlelight walk. with some amazing moves. Let's talk to some of these competitors. Stanley, how old are you? 14. All right, we just saw you compete. How do you feel about it? Good. Yeah? How long yeah. have you been doing this? About a year, year and a half. How did you learn those tricks? Practice, lots and lots of practice. Oh, lots of falling. You're really good out there. How long have you been doing this? Three years. What do you like about it? Uh, everything. It's just a different sport than every other, so. Just funness and just getting out there and just riding with all my friends. Let's hear about your injuries. Both shattered ankles, this wrist broken, the shoulder broken, three concussions, and cracked jaw. So maybe time to retire? We found the only female competitor here today. What's your name? Janessa Correjo. And how old are you? 13. I did good. The first time I like did on my face, but I just got up and kept trying. You're not intimidated by all these boys? No. <laughs> We're here with one of the moms. I want to get this perspective here. You just watched Stanley, your son, compete. I did. Um, what do you think about this competition? Uh, I think it's good for him. Gives him a lot of energy. He does a lot of skating, gets the energy out and everything. So tell me about some of these tricks that you do. Well, all of them are like pretty much just take time to learn. Patience is a virtue, honestly. Patience is usually the key. Once you have patience, once you got motivation, you can do it. As we're seeing, people can enjoy great festivals all throughout the year. In January in Denver, people can celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. with the Marade. Then every April, it's Doors Open Denver for a look at the city's stunning architecture. And music lovers will love Five Points Jazz in May. The town of Frederick hosts Frederick in Flight in June, a dazzling hot air balloon show. Plus, from June through September, it's the Frederick Market. And September also sees Miner's Day.
Westminster marks the summer solstice celebration every June, plus the Westminster Fair in August, and a fun Halloween carnival every October, among other great events. Pumpkins and hayrides mark the Schweiger Ranch Fall Festival in Lone Tree in October. And in Castle Rock in November, it's a great event, the annual Lighting of the Star. With the holidays upon us, there's lots to celebrate, including the long-standing tradition of the star lighting on top of Castle Rock. Every year, on the Saturday before Thanksgiving, a special ceremony takes place. More than 10,000 people from our community come together to sing carols, drink hot chocolate, eat chili, and greet Santa, all in preparation for the town's annual lighting of the star. This is fantastic because a lot of stuff is free, so it's great for the public to come out and see. Just to go out to see the kids and take them down to the fireworks and the star lighting, just do something good with the community. Well, we were here two years ago, and it was like being in a Norman Rockwell painting. And we missed it last year, so we had to come out this year. <laughs> the star was actually initiated by a group of firemen who came to a man in 1936 by the name of George Stewart, who owned the property around the rock of Castle Rock, and they asked him if they could erect a large steel frame star. This was a 40-foot star, and they hauled it up one 40-foot rod at a time to the top of Castle Rock, and they built that star. That original star, which was made out of donated goods, lasted until 1949 when it was replaced with a better metal and increased in size to 45 feet in diameter. That's the same star we're still seeing standing today. It contains 88 light bulbs, and they are replaced annually by our Castle Rock firemen. While it's been a tradition since its inception, an actual community ceremony surrounding the lighting of the star didn't happen until 1965. A woman by the name of Ann McConnell started the festivities on Wilcox Street, and it's been held in the same place ever since. Throughout the years, though, the star has represented a sense of community and has been a special guiding light for the town. Uh, when the star lights up. And it's just the feeling of the place and community, you know? Not only do we light that to, start, to kind of launch our holiday season and, and to bring together the community and that holiday spirit each year, but it's, it's also been a symbol uh, that com has commemorated uh, various events throughout history. The star was lit after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. It took on a V-shape to celebrate D-Day and our victory at the end of World War II and it shone brightly after the attacks of 9-11. For Bronco fans, the, the Starlight in Castle Rock has been used uh, after each Super Bowl win by the Denver Broncos, and all the light bulbs have been changed out into orange and blue. The star is lit each year by the flip of a switch. It's turned on manually by a member of the fire department. Then it operates off of a photo cell to turn on at night and off during the day while the starlighting is in season. The Chamber of Commerce, the Town of Castle Rock, and the county all work together to make this special event happen every year. To recognize our community and its, just, its traditions and a way of just showing uh, maybe the outside world the spirit that is here in this community. We hope you've enjoyed learning about some of our great local festivals, but we've just scratched the surface. There's many more throughout our great state, so be sure to check them out. Our thanks to the Thornton Harvest Fest for having us, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on Connected Colorado.
Festivals are a great way to bring people together to celebrate community, and we have some great ones throughout our state throughout the year. We'll take a look on Connected Colorado Thursdays at 8.